The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Limestone Coasters, I'm going to catch up with Troy Bell. He and I are going to talk about the state of our roads. I'm going to talk to Christy Brooks. There's a great event happening at the library this weekend. And speaking of library events, we've got a fantastic author visit to the Limestone Coast. I'm going to introduce you to a bloke who has written a fantastic thriller that you're all going to want to read. If that's not enough, Josh Liner's is going to drop by and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that you guys are talking about online let's start the day troy bell member for mount gambia he joins me for a chat good day mate good morning you and good morning listeners troy you uh you do an awful lot of miles between here in adelaide and around the limestone coast and uh well our roads at the moment are a bit shoddy oh just very ordinary uh, this is the second year in a row where we've got major potholes like um uh you know appearing and i know we've had a wet winter uh, but really the standard isn't good enough. Um, the main entrance into Mount Gambia, basically in any direction, is littered with potholes. Um, not only is it uh, not a great look, it's extremely dangerous, um, particularly for our most vulnerable. That's our kids who are, who are learning to drive. Um, they don't know how to avoid a pothole you know, safely. Um, and, and it's leading to, you know... Um, dollars being spent on, on damage to rims and, and tyres. And quite frankly, Ewan, it's not good enough. Uh, the state government roads, there's a contract out with Fulton Hogan to um, provide maintenance and, and repairs on those roads. Um, and then I've, I've discovered that, uh, in actual fact, their depot is in Narracourt. Uh, so I'm calling on the state government to make sure that any renegotiating of a contract stipulates that, uh, that whoever wins it, has to have a maintenance depot in Mount Gambia with a state second largest city. It's where most of the traffic is. Uh, and even better, to explore the option of partnering with councils who already have um, maintenance team looking after their roads uh, to extend the service to, uh, to state government roads. So, uh, yeah, there's a bit going on, but uh, quite frankly, the, the state of our roads with potholes uh, is just not good enough. Now, mate, you're up in Adelaide as we speak, and uh, a couple of things that you're going to be looking at are foot and mouth disease, the uh, the possibility of uh, of an outbreak happening in uh, Australia, uh, horrifying for the limestone coast. Absolutely. This is so frightening, and people need to realise how important this is. Uh, it would affect a $40 billion industry. Um, so I'm just making sure that uh, the, the state government have all the controls and uh, prevention techniques in place um, that they're, they're certainly being active in that in that space uh, and just making sure that uh, we do everything we can to uh, uh, prevent foot and mouth getting into um, Australia and, and more importantly uh, uh, into the limestone coast because there are there are so many uh, ramifications and, and consequences if it does come and absolutely none of them are good for uh, for our country. Mm. Now, mate, what are the other things that you're looking at at the moment? Um, electric charging stations for electric vehicles. I know all governments are looking at, at pushing us towards an electrical vehicle future. It's supposed to be better for the economy, and as such, we need infrastructure. That's right. So my meetings this morning are uh, around electric vehicles and, and the um, network around Australia, just making sure that um, we are front and centre uh, in their minds to... Mount Gambia is a long way from Adelaide. Um, we want to 
you know, it, it will affect our tourist industry. Um, so just mapping out with the, the main proponents, um, where they're thinking about putting them, um, how it will work, somebody coming from Melbourne to Mount Gambia or Adelaide to Mount Gambia, um, and, and of course the surrounds, the, the next electorate over of MacKillop, but just, just making sure that we are uh, front and centre, that uh, uh, we're going to be well serviced and uh, uh, the opportunity is, is quite often well before they, they start rolling them out, it's, uh, it's at the planning stage. So that's what today's uh, meeting's about. And uh, you know, whether you like it or, or not, um, it is going to be an electric vehicle future and uh, we need to make sure that uh, that infrastructure is uh, well catered for our needs in the Limestone Coast. Electric vehicle just doesn't have the purr of a V8 engine though, does it? Oh, I agree. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> Although the way the petrol's going, mate, I tell you, like, there's very few people, very few people with V8s, V8s, that's right. <laughs> Taking out a bank loan, my goodness. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mate, we're going to have to talk about it later on, but one of the other things that you're talking about uh, during the course of this week in Adelaide, uh, palliative care services uh, for the Limestone Coast. Uh, let's try and catch up next week and talk a little bit about that, all right? Look forward to it. Thank you. All right, you. mate. Take care. Limestone Coast is some cool stuff to talk about today with Josh Liner. He joins me on the line. Josh, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Mate, Limestone Coast Community News, fantastic Facebook page. Everybody was talking about Jess Stenson. Absolutely, everybody was. It was great to see. I'm sure if you don't know it by now, you've been li- living under a rock, um, like a maybe a big like a, rock. a yeah, that's it. <laughs> so um, yeah, Narakot girl Jess Denson, um, formerly known as Jess Trengove, um, has yeah t- took out gold at the the women's marathon at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. What an is... amazing achievement, by the way! She came runner up in in the previous two Olympics, so to get gold was excellent. Yeah, that's it. Just to finally, finally get that, and um, yeah, I guess put put Narricord on the map again. Um, this was this was one of those posts that I saw, it and I'm like, I know what the reaction is going to be. I know it's going to be overwhelming, and it was. There were hundreds of comments, um, and it is the most popular post in the history of the of Limestone Coast Community News. So, I've had that page for nine years, and I've never had a post get this many likes and heart reactions. It was just, it, it went off. It was amazing to and, see. And so it should have because it's a fantastic result for Jess. It really is. Now, mate, one of the other cool good news stories that you have had online lately is about the fat tail done it. Yes. Now, this thing literally has been living under a rock. Um, <laughs> well, you would assume they have been because we haven't seen them. So these little things, they, they look like they look like mice. Um, if you didn't know what you were looking for, you'd think it's just another rodent. It's not. It's a marsupial. So the fat-tailed dunna uh, has not been seen uh, south of the robe Narracourt line in the last 50 years. And a member of the Port McDonnell Landcare Group discovered some under a fence post at a property near Mount Shank. And... So we've got a nice little photo. If you jump on Facebook, it's there. It's a hilarious photo because it looks like it's just screaming in agony. It's not. He's fine. Um, and he was released afterwards. But this little, uh, it's a carnivorous marsupial um, found across Australia, usually in the desert areas, but hasn't been seen in this region, um, yeah, in half a century. So this is great. Hopefully we can learn more um, about these things. And the good thing about the this post was I actually had people contacting me about other things that they had found and um, creatures that they, they'd found on their properties uh, around the, the limestone coast that um, are now getting onto the right people about it and hopefully we get more research out of it. How cool is that? And a, and a watch this space type of thing for some more good stories. 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, one person contacted me uh, about a similar um, little creature that they found that had unfortunately died on their property um, up in the, the northern areas of the limestone coast. And um, yeah, very exciting. Hopefully we hear more out of it. Mm. Now, mate, I shared a post this morning on Triple M's Limestone Coast Facebook page. It's all about a fantastic community event that's going to raise money for Myanmar. What can you tell me? Yes, so the Myanmar Food Fair uh, is happening this Saturday. This is at the Sorop Helpman Theatre, and it's a it's yeah. By the looks of things, it's going to be a great event, uh, and it's got multiple sort of um, points, uh, like things that they they want to do from this. So, um, I guess the first thing is you know we we all heard about the the coup that happened in February last year. It was all over the news. One of those stories where we just heard all about it and then we heard nothing. So uh, Myanmar's still not in a good place. The military's taken over. Um, they've ousted the the democratically elected leader and the government, and they've just taken over. And um, as a result, we've got um, at least fifteen hundred people, uh, I believe, to have been killed. You've got more than eleven thousand people unlawfully detained. Many of them still are. So this event aims to bring awareness to that, to raise money for the families of people over there, but also allows the the local community to to learn more about the the different ethnic groups from Myanmar. So in in Mount Gambia, if uh, if you're not aware, we've got a lot of people here that are of the Karen and Kareni groups. So it's really good that they've settled down here. Uh, they're a beautiful little community. So this is a good opportunity. We get to learn more about their food, which is amazing. Um, their their music and dance, which is also amazing. And it's just a a great little public display for, I guess, for us to learn more and for them to be able to share uh, more about their, uh, yeah, their background and and their story. Which, unfortunately, for some of them, it's not a a great history. But at least, yeah, now it's just new opportunities, and I think Mount Gambia has done wonders. And a fantastic opportunity this weekend to not only support the community to find out a little bit more about them to help raise some money at the same time. It's going to be fantastic. Yep, sounds like a, a good opportunity to do everything in one. So it's, um, yeah, this Saturday, 11 o'clock at uh, the Sorobert Helpman Theatre. There's going to be food stalls, obviously, as well. So um, they're, they're getting some people down from Adelaide and some local producers um, to make and sell some food. So, yeah, great opportunity. Definitely take it. Hey, Josh, great to talk to you, mate. We'll catch up next week. Always. Sounds good. Livestone Coasters, it's time to talk at Mount Gambier Library. It's time to talk books. Christy Brooks joins me on the line. G'day, Christy. Hello, how are you? Christy, I am sensational. Christy, I have been reading some very eclectic stuff in the last week. Uh, I am a huge reader, as you know. T.S. Eliot has been one of the books that I have been reading <laughs> this week. Um, you guys have got a big book sale this weekend. I'm very excited by the idea. Yeah, we do. It is the Friends of the Library's annual big book sale. It is their biggest fundraiser of the year. It raises thousands of dollars for us and um, all the money goes towards materials, services, programs and events. So this Saturday, 9 to 1, there will be thousands of books, thousands of DVDs, thousands of CDs and jigsaws. Um, it's a great chance to grab a bargain. Um, a lot of the books are brand spanking new or excellent condition um, and we're also kindly accepting donations right up until Friday close of business. So now's the chance to go through your cupboards, your bedrooms etc and take out what you <laughs> don't want and donate them for a good cause. Now Christy have you got any idea the sorts of stuff that uh, the people are going to be able to fossick through over the course of the weekend of the big book sale? 
I am, as we speak, I'm standing in the room that is containing all these books. <laughs> there is piles, the piles are higher than me, not that I'm very tall, <laughs> but there is, I'm looking around now and there's some amazing, they look brand new, the jigsaws, there's some great non-fiction books, there's some very expensive looking books here, um, you know, that people would normally be paying $50, $60 for and you're going to be getting them for $1 or $2 boxes and boxes of dvds there's children's books there's teen books there's everything so um you know it's always a great event we've we've put it out there on social media and lots of people are tagging each other and everyone knows to get down first thing to make sure that they grab all the best stuff <laughs> so when is it all taking place and what time do we need to be at the library to bag yep. a bargain Bag a bargain this Saturday, 6th of August, 9 till 1 o'clock. So our opening hours, 9 till 1. And look, there's usually some things left over. We keep that on in the foyer area on a, on the Sunday. But yeah, get down here nice and early on the Saturday to get your first dibs in. Christy, great to talk to you this morning. Good luck this weekend. Have a great week. Thank you. Now, Limestone Coast is continuing the library theme. Something really cool is taking place this week in the Limestone Coast. It's in Millicent and in Mount Gambier. We are getting a very special author visit. Former journalist, editor of the Australian newspaper, Matthew Spencer, he's coming to visit. He's got a book out. It is called Black River. We get to find out all about it. Matthew, good morning. Good morning, you, and how are you? I am sensational. Now, Matthew, my burning question is this. How do you go from being a journo to being an author? Well, first thing you do is you quit your job. <laughs> right. Um, and then you take four years of your life to uh, research. Yep. And write. Uh, I got professional help, so I got an editor, a professional fiction editor who'd been at Penguin Random House uh, on the job early with me. So she, by probably one or two drafts in, so about a year in, she worked very closely with me and we did another eight or so drafts and the book took four years. Tell me about the book because there are there are lots of people, not only around Australia, but lots of people who are raving about your book, which must be a fantastic ego boost. Yeah, well, it is good and it is also good having having done all that work for it to resonate and it's 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 a it's a thriller i suppose it's a, a police procedural but it's designed really to be an entertainment so if you read it uh it's meant to be enjoyable the pages really should be turning themselves and a lot of that is the work that was done with editors um just to to make it an enjoyable experience uh, for a reader. Mm. Matthew, you're going to come down, you're going to give people an insight into the book, but I suppose, and this is this is callous of me, but a 60-second wrap of, of the storyline, tell us what it's about. Uh, two women have been murdered in separate houses on the Parramatta River at Gladesville, slightly western Sydney. Then a third body is found on the empty grounds of a very large old uh, boys boarding school at North Parramatta. It's a summer holiday period, so there's no one around. It's 400 acres. Uh, it's a very big old place. Uh, the police investigating the Gladesville killings are wondering, is this school killing linked? There are similarities. Uh, a reporter who grew up on the school is sent out to cover the story, and that's essentially the setup of the book. So the cops looking at Gladesville wonder whether to bring the school into their investigation. They run into the journalist. They begin to 
use him, so bring him into the investigation as well, and then after a little while they're wondering, should we be talking to him or should we be arresting him? Matthew, it is going to be a, a fantastic couple of author events uh, down in Millicent during the morning and up in Mount Gambia on Thursday night. Uh, people will get the chance to to hear you talk about, I suppose, your, your journey through publishing and, of course, the, the book as well. Is there going to be a, a second, third, fourth novel from you? Uh, there'll be a second and a third novel. The second novel is half done and should come out to, uh, about this time next year probably August next year, and then a third novel. And they'll be part of a series rather than a sequel. So they'll take characters in Black River um, and essentially uh, police detectives, homicide detectives, and they're investigating um, different cases. Matthew Spencer in Millicent this morning in Mount Gambia tonight. It's going to be a fantastic author event if you've got the chance to go. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back on Tuesday for everything Limestone Coast. You can catch up with me live on the radio, 6am weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast 963 Triple M.